Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, June 23rd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The head of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force is reflecting on the past 14 months, which have offered unexpected lessons about public health. A lot of the, the issues aren't necessarily sort of these scientific and um, medical issues. I think they're more cultural and more social. In just a few minutes, Dr. Alex Garza speaks with St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton about the continuing health crisis. A special session of the Missouri Legislature starts today. It will center on a tax Missouri uses to fund Medicaid. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, an impasse over that tax may be over, but a fight about certain kinds of birth control will be part of the ongoing debate. Minutes before Governor Mike Parson's deadline, legislative leaders agreed to compromise language for a special session over the tax on health care providers that funds much of the state's portion of Medicaid. The deal includes the possibility of prohibiting Medicaid from paying for some kinds of birth control, including IUDs. Senate Democratic leader John Rizzo says state law already prohibits tax dollars from funding abortions. He says the Republicans are looking to grandstand. This is about birth control because they have cut to the bone on all of their pro-life legislation for so long that there's literally nowhere left for them to go to get their pro-life street credibility. The other issue will likely be prohibiting Planned Parenthood from receiving Medicaid funding, even for services that are unrelated to abortion. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. A Missouri House member is worried Republicans could go after one of the state's two Democratic congressional districts. Missouri lawmakers are expected to return to Jefferson City this year to redraw the state's eight congressional districts. Most Republicans expect a map with six safe GOP seats and two Democratic seats. But State Representative Tracy McCreary of Olivet says she's not confident Republican lawmakers will spare the 5th District, which is currently held by Kansas City Democratic Congressman Emanuel Cleaver. The thing that makes me anxious about ultimately what will happen in the fall is that Republicans, both in Missouri and nationwide, feel like they might be able to take Congress back. And so there's a strong pull to help as much as possible. McCreary made the comments on Politically Speaking, which is available at stlpr.org. The St. Louis Art Museum is taking a historic step with the naming of an incoming director. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, the new leader wants to make sure the museum reflects the region's diverse population. Min Jung Kim has worked at the Guggenheim Museum in New York City and the New Britain Museum of American Art in Connecticut, where she's been director the past six years. Kim says she was attracted to St. Louis Art Museum in part because the organization has already started work on boosting diversity and aims to become inclusive from top to bottom. Really looking at how diversity is represented across the organization in terms of how investments are made, what the educational programs are, how the libraries are set up. Kim is the first woman and the first person of color hired as director of the museum. She's a native of South Korea who has degrees from universities in the U.S. and London. She'll replace Brent Benjamin, who's been at the helm 22 years. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. 
A federal appeals court panel has struck down the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission's approval of a natural gas pipeline that runs through parts of Missouri and Illinois. A three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia has ruled the commission, quote, failed to adequately balance public benefits and adverse impacts in approving the Spire STL pipeline. The court also says the commission failed to prove the line was needed. A statement from St. Louis-based Spire calls the ruling disappointing. The company is considering its next move. The statement also says the ruling jeopardizes reliable energy access to 650,000 homes and businesses in the St. Louis area. Dr. Alex Garza has been the face of the region's COVID-19 response as the head of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force for more than 14 months. The task force shut down its weekly briefings this month as coronavirus cases and hospitalizations in the area have remained relatively flat. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton asked Garza about his work and how health care employees are dealing with the psychological toll of the past year. I would be um, surprised if they weren't still carrying that along. As you know, and many people know, I'm also in the military, and um, one of the things that has a long tail after conflicts is that post-conflict uh, issues with, with PTSD and with the physical and sort of mental wounds that, that last for a long time. And this is really not that much different. Um, there are physical manifestations that are going to last for a long time. Uh, but also from a societal point of view, um, I do believe that we need to go back and take a look at what just happened over the past year and a half. A lot of the the issues aren't necessarily sort of these scientific and um, medical issues. I think they're more cultural and more social than they are anything to do with, gosh, how did we make vaccine or, you know, what are sort of the, you know, protective things that we need to do. It's like uh, the, the scientific discovery has already occurred with that. It's, it's mostly the cultural and social things that I think have the questions that need to be answered. The follow-up question to that is what questions are those that we need to be looking at culturally? Are we, I, I'm sure that you're thinking about vaccines, right? So as throughout the pandemic, there was always challenges with the sort of the counter narrative, whether that was, gosh, this is nothing more than the flu or, um, you know, these, these class of drugs are going to work even though they were definitively scientifically proven not to work. Um, you know, the, the, the whole issue of mask wearing, which took on a whole other uh, political and social dynamic, um, even though w- without a doubt the, the science was, was shown to make them, for them to be effective. And then the same thing with vaccines. Let's talk about the patients. Um, who are you seeing come into the hospitals with the coronavirus right now? And are, is it a manageable caseload at the moment? The populations that we're seeing now, mostly unvaccinated. And when I say mostly, the last time we sort of snapped the line on this, it was like 97% of people that were admitted to the hospital were unvaccinated. And it's also a younger cohort of patients, and so, which goes along with the narrative for vaccinations. I think it's very frustrating and, um, you know, somewhat disappointing for, for the healthcare workers to still be taking care of patients um, 
from this disease that by and large is you know almost universally preventable. My last question is related. We're looking at vaccine hesitancy and then I'm hearing a lot about new variants emerging. Is it possible that the two of those factors combining could take us back to where we were last year? Is that something you're worried about? I do worry about it. I think it's though possible that we will see an increase in hospitalizations with younger patients, um, but probably not to the level that we saw in the fall and winter. What drives the pandemic? It is, there's, there's a couple of things that drive it. One is the virus. So if you throw in a new virus that's more transmissible, that causes more disease, then that's gonna naturally cause more cases, more hospitalizations. The second one is what sort of mitigation strategies do I have? And as you know, virtually all the mitigation strategies are gone now. And then the third component is, is the vaccination strategy. And if you aren't increasing that every day, you know, that's always gonna tilt the equation um, in the wrong direction. Uh, as I tell people, this is just science and math, that there's no magic to it. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton speaking with St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force Commander, Dr. Alex Garza. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.